Greetings internet, Richie James here on the Warlord UK Gaming channel and today we're going to do something a bit special, this is part of my Can You Not Talk podcast and it's going to be a Final Fantasy VII uh, remake review. I'm joined here by my really good friend Leslie who has also completed the game and has also beat on hard mode. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on that, I'm on chapter 15, bear with me, I will, I will finish it. <laughs> Not far, not far behind. No, no, we'll get there. So basically, we're going to run down the elements of Final Fantasy VII Remake and we're going to analyse everything, give our thoughts on everything, because we do actually have different opinions on a lot of how this game was made. And basically, there's no wrong answers, it's just our thoughts on it. And you can leave your thoughts in the comments below if you want to. So we'll start off nice and simple, we'll go with the gameplay. And best way to start, you pretty much have to start with the controls and... Because that's basically how you start the game. You jump off the train, instantly you're trying to control it and straight into a fight. Now, I found uh, that the controls worked for the most part. The camera could be a bit finicky at times. I, mean, I don't know how you dealt with it, Les, but oh my god. I... Yeah, I found the camera, it was, it was alright. In any three-dimensional, 360-degree, free-rotating game, I, I don't think I've ever played a game where there's been that system, and it's been perfect. So that was kind of, it is what it is. It is what it is. The controls generally, I found okay. The only things where I didn't like it was when you had to press triangle in a very specific place before a ladder, for instance. Sometimes yes. it could be tricky. Controls-wise, yeah, that would be, that would be the only thing yeah. to think of. As people saw in probably my playthrough, there was a few times where I'm like, go on, go on, go on. I'm pressing triangle, bloody go through the door. <laughs> yeah, um, just, yeah, now and again. Things like that, like you've got to be facing this way to use the triangle button. Yeah. That's it. I said the camera also caused me a few issues, mostly in the battle system, because obviously once you, you once you lock on, it's your camera button outside of the game that actually controls which character you're locked onto. But I kept finding it difficult because I'd rather use like maybe the shoulder buttons to lock onto enemies, just because I need to, be able to turn the camera. Because especially for example when you fight Abzu, and you've got that flood attack that he does. And for yeah. the most part, I can never always see where it's coming from after after the cutscene, naturally, because it shows you. And it's like, where's it coming from? And I can't read the camera because I'm trying to lock onto every single element of Abzu, and it was driving me nuts. You know, I think I think I had a different experience there because I don't think I used the lock-on button that much. I think generally I just kind of like, I move my person in the direction that I'm fighting. So maybe if I had used that, I might have noticed a few more problems because something like that is usually there to make it easier not to make it more difficult. So maybe yeah, maybe that could be a problem with that particular feature. It yeah. wasn't something that I used. Well, like I said, the lock-on was... It worked, but it didn't work at the same time because if there was too many enemies... Again, back to the second time, actually, when you fight Abzu and he's got all the little enemies, your camera's going everywhere and you're like, okay, I want to lock onto this one particular thing, but you're locking onto something that's like across the other side of the field and that drove me nuts. Like, lock onto the one closest, please. The closest one. But as we're going through combat most of all, we'll go on to the ATB gauge. Now obviously the actual battle system, a lot of people have had a lot of opinions on it. I know obviously you've really enjoyed it. Myself, I wasn't too keen. We were supposed to have a third person joining us today, but unfortunately he's not got back to us, so oh well, nothing we can do about that. But he was also like me where he found the ATB system a little bit too like finicky like i found the atv sometimes wouldn't go up like it should do or uh, let's get your opinions on it and we'll go from there i'm a very uh, 
I guess in the game I'm very, very mobile anyway. Uh, certainly in the first place, for the first half of playing it on normal, I definitely noticed that my other characters, they were not going up so fast. But it didn't matter because on normal you could play as one character and kind of get away with it. In the second half, I started changing things around. And I think the main reason why I think some people are noticing that it's not quite as good as what it was before when the ATB went up steadily for everyone is I think the way you're supposed to play this game, and it's weird to say the way you're supposed to play this game, I think it's they want you to switch characters a lot. They don't want you to stay as one character. They want you to play as one character, get their ATB up, switch to someone else, switch to someone else, so that organically it would all be going up. And I noticed this a lot more on hard, where staying as one person on hard is suicide. They'll just murder you if you do that. If you switch, they go up. I didn't notice this on normal as much, but on hard I definitely did. Maybe something that Square Enix should have made clearer, like the way, the ideal way to play, the switch character, and then it'll go up quite a lot because you're playing as everyone. And this certainly happened more for me on hard than normal. I did find but that I... obviously on, like I said, on hard mode, you have to switch. That's, in my opinion, down to how bad the enemy AI is. It literally focuses on mostly who you're in control of. And if that person dies, obviously, quickly switches it to another character who then becomes a target of the boss or enemy and they don't seem to go after everyone it's just your main character that you're playing as and i had a lot I of issues it, with that yeah i think it, fo it focuses mostly on your character but i think that's because the, a the your, your ai friends don't re they're not as aggressive as you if you ever watch them they're nowhere near as aggressive as your as your player character so if they focused on them it basically just leaving them open to attack from you so like it's, it's trying to attack, it's trying to make it harder for the player because otherwise it wouldn't be much of a challenge. Um, no, there's something else I was going to say about. I can't remember exactly what it was now. Um, but no, I, I super enjoyed it. I really liked the strategy of it. I didn't mind being attacked. I didn't notice that it was always me being attacked for sure. I noticed in my own game, game playthroughs, there was definitely a lot of times when my friends were being attacked. I've noticed that watching some of your videos, there's definite moments and other people's videos as well. Watch this, watch this game a lot. <laughs> um, other characters just being attacked by by the AI, the computer AI. So it's not constantly at you, but it is definitely mostly at you. But I think that's because I would again, say because it just seemed more in boss battles where it happened for some reason. Definitely, definitely more often than not in in any fight, but I wouldn't say 100 or even 75 percent of the time. Uh, so the other thing with the ATB that I, I wasn't too keen on was like everything pretty much required it. But it slowed the gameplay down so much. Like, for example, uh, using one ATB, one item. That's a bit unfair when you've got to use one ATB to use your magic. But then you're using your ATB to use your magic while you're waiting for the magic to go, and then it's going to hit. And it's like, stop slowing me down. Like, it, an ATB gauge was designed to be instant. You waited, and then instantly do that thing. And it's basically stopped you from ever doing that. Yeah, maybe that, yeah, that, that could be considered an issue, I guess. I think, I mean, just give you two bars. So if one, when one bar is loaded up, the other one is still loading up, so there's still a second one there. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much i and again, this is just my opinion. I, I really, really love the system. Um, in traditional Final Fantasy, and I went back to play the original Final Fantasy VII straight after playing through the this game, and it's so slow now by comparison. Um, so slow. Like, you, you stand there waiting for a bar to load, and you can tell that the computer is also waiting for a bar to load. So you have these weird periods where no one's actually doing anything. It's kind of strange. Um, but basically, you had to wait for everything in that game. You had to wait to use an item, to attack, to do magic. At least in this game, you're constantly attacking, especially with your player character. There's never a moment when you're doing nothing now. 
you're constantly attacking, moving yourself around, getting yourself into position, blocking, whatever. Um, and your bar's going up fast if you're constantly doing that, at least for that one character if you're switching for all characters. So I don't know. I don't, I don't really see a fix for that. Uh, like if you, I mean, what could you do? What would you recommend? I'd say maybe speed up just a bit on your allies, like ATB, so they get a little bit quicker. Maybe be able to give them some basic commands, like so you're not having to constantly focus on them. Like I found Aerith a lot of time was running in, and she's a long distance character. Same with Barrett, long distance characters yeah. running in and fighting. It's like you need just a little like tweet. Like I'm not saying go to like the Final Fantasy twelve aspect, but they had an element where you could just give them like basic commands, like focus on healing if your character is at X amount of percent of health, and use items or use magic. Just a little something like that, just so you're not having, like, especially in the more intense boss battles, because there is a few that are really, really on you. And it'd be nice just so you can focus just for a little bit as one character just keep moving while the others are, like, doing their thing. So, like, that one character you're playing as loses, say, like, 50% health, then the ATB gauge on, say, like, Aerith would fill up and she'd instantly just go heal. Now, I know there's a instant cure materia, but I'm talking, like, in general, not just healing, but... Maybe they can like use their a specific move, like say you get if wait for two bars, use this move. Just a little something to take the edge off because it is quite intense at times. I think I definitely agree that may, on maybe on normal mode they could in, they could increase the ATB because the ATB growth is so slow on the characters you're not playing as when you're not playing as them. It's ridiculous. It's just maybe ridiculous. they could. <laughs> and uh, definitely, I definitely agree with uh, Barrett and Aerith should not be getting close. In any situation, there's no there's no logical reason why someone with a gun and a mage should be getting close to the action. There's no reason for that. I de definitely agree with that. Um, the giving them commands maybe in a very very limited capacity because I for me personally I, I really really love the fact that they force you to switch characters and I really really didn't enjoy Final Fantasy XII and Final Fantasy I enjoyed Final Fantasy XV. But I don't like having this. I love to have control, basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I love the original Final Fantasies, the first 10 of them. Well, most of them. Yeah, two and three, maybe not. Um, but the rest of them, I really, really love them. And uh, that's because you get full control. You, there's nothing that's not down to what you're doing. I, you know, there's an element of me that's like, I don't want you to cure if I don't want you to cure right now. I don't want you to do this if I don't want you to do this right now. I really like that full control. It's definitely something that maybe they could consider putting as an alternative option. If they wanted to. It's only minor tweaks in my opinion. Like for the most part it works. It does work. But it's like I said, it just needs to be a bit more fluid. Like I said, in like the, the micro commands in twelve, they were very, very basic. Like X character is at thirty percent health, use cure. And that's literally all it was. I'm just thinking something like that, just yeah. so you're not having to like worry about you know, switching to another character to heal when your main character, like say for example, you're playing as Cloud and you're surrounded and you're trying to get out of that situation, but you want someone else to heal, but you don't want to leave Cloud because you know the AI is just going to stay there and get whooped. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they could. I, yeah, I definitely agree with the other stuff about the ATV and the positioning. I don't know. They'd have to be very careful about how they implement that. Because I've, I've not. I played, I played 12 until the Demon Gate. I think that's about one third of the way in, and I stopped. I did complete 12. I did 100% 12, but I did complete. I actually really enjoyed that. Not played 13. I have, I have read that you can basically, using things like that, 
you can get to a point where you can program the AI to do enough that you're barely involved in the fight. It could basically do itself as long as you program them to do the right things and you wouldn't have to actually do anything in the fight. The characters would just do it for you. Yeah, so I don't want to go to that level because it does take away some of the strategy. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. But uh, just just a little tweak just <laughs> to help. Yeah. Yeah, they could implement it because they've got the classic system. So if they could if they could improve that because the classic system they have now is garbage. It's just easy mode and the yeah. character fights. You could do with a classic mode that is basically normal and hard additions as well. Just having it on easy, yeah. it's, it's a bit of a joke. Because let's be honest, a lot of people wanted to play a kind of I myself tried it on the demo because I couldn't get to grips with the controls early on. And it took a lot of Even now, playing through hard mode, I'm still learning different things because I just yeah. I don't get the control system. It doesn't make sense to me that well. It's trying to be a, like a, a Devil May Cry kind of action game while at the same time be a JRPG with an ATB system. And it doesn't feel like either. It, they've created some well, sort of mishmash. This is the interesting thing. This is the interesting thing. People have said this, and I totally understand that point. Uh, if you love JRPGs and what they've always been, and you want this to be something like that, you're going to be disappointed a bit. And if you want something that's a pure action game, a pure action-style game, a bit like Kingdom Hearts, maybe, and you're going to be disappointed again. Because what they've done is... And some people say... I, mean, I think one of our friends has said, like uh, it's like a, a half-assed attempt to do both of them, and it doesn't work. I can totally see how some people would see it like that. Um, but for me, it's like they've created something new using both of them. And actually for me and other people who have similar opinions, um, see it as like it's just something new that we actually like more than what came before. It's, 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 weird. it's a weird situation they've given themselves, Square Enix. I don't know where they'll go from here. But... As I said, I only think minor tweaks. That's literally it. I'm not after revamp the whole thing. But I've played, obviously, a lot of RPGs from Kingdom Hearts to Final Fantasy to Star Ocean, all Square Enix ones. But I've also played some of the newer ones as well. I mean, even back going back to the PS2 days when I played, like, Shadow Hearts and stuff like that, which were, like, a horror RPG, which had a really unique system with, um, basically, it was a disc called the Judgment Ring, and you had to hit in the circles to get, you get up to three attacks per turn. But it was, like, really intricate, and, it, like, the harder the moves, like, the smaller the sections to hit in. It was a clever little yeah. system. Well... It just needs a few tweaks. But speaking of tweaks, the summon system. Let's talk about the summon system. Does anyone understand the damn summon system? It's definitely not transparent, for sure. I love the summons. Like my boy Carbuncle, you know if you've watched this playthrough that he has saved me on so many occasions. Even in hard mode now, still saving my ass. Not even a joke. But I see sometimes it'll just like sometimes it'll you'll get a summon gauge when you stagger someone, sometimes when one of your characters is low on health, but then not all characters can summon, only one character can summon, and it's not guaranteed which one. Like Cloud could be in low health, but Tiva's the one that's got a summon. It's like where what what is the system? Where is it? <laughs> I think I can I don't know what I don't know what it is, so what, what I'm gonna say now is pure speculation based on what I've seen. First of all, I think it's only for really hard battles or boss battles, I think, or when you're overwhelmed by difficult enemies. Sometimes it'll be just a random enemy encounter, but definitely not your little grunts and rats and things like that, which you would never need it for anyway. So I think it's for hard battles and bosses, but again, I could be wrong. Um, it's a certain space, because I've been able to summon Ifrit and Shiva, not been able to summon Bahamut. So I think it might be to do with space as well, Aside from that, I've got no idea. I get the and space. I, wish they were... I get the space. That makes sense because obviously you're not going to summon a huge dragon in a tiny sewer system. 
It's not going to work. <laughs> but, no, I've got no idea. No idea. It just needs a. It needs a bit more clarity to it. You know, someone just explain yeah. it. I, I don't mind the once per battle. That doesn't bother me in the slightest. Uh, I think that's a good thing because obviously we could spam it back in the day, especially nights of the round. Yeah. But I just want to know how it's activated. Maybe just give it us from the start and let us choose when we can summon in a battle. But if it's down to space, yeah. then don't let that summon be used. But just tell us some summons can't be used due to space. They don't tell you this if that's the case. And they do have a really good job as well of explaining things in the loading screen. You know, in the loading screen between chapters. Yeah. They'll give you like little tips about things. Like this is a perfect opportunity to say you can't summon a dragon in a certain place. Maybe it's inaccessible to dragons or whatever like that. Just something. Just let us know. Um, or just mention like they'll only come to help you in times of dire need or whatever. Like just something like that. Just anything. Yeah, kind of when I mean, you did they, it in they, 15 where it's like they only come if you're in a dire situation. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've taken in style and improved on it dramatically. I love that summons of these like rare big thing that are going to come when you really, really need them. I get that's a really great idea that 15 had. When in 15, it was like, but not right now. Yeah, you're just going to let me get wiped out by these nonsense creatures. You're just going to stay up there on your cloud and just leave us alone. At least now they're a bit more frequent. But yeah, I'd still like to know when you're going to show up. Yeah, they just need to tweak that a bit. Only, only a bit, like I said again, I like the fact you can only use it once. I like the fact they've got like a, a Final Fantasy tank kind of thing where they're there to fight with you. That's pretty cool. And I, I like like what the abilities they get as well, because obviously everyone's got like two or three, in Chocobo Chicks thing, four abilities they can use. And it, it really is extremely useful when they do come. Again, shout out to Carbuncle. Well, for me, it's Leviathan. It's all about Leviathan saved me in that stupid Hellhouse fight on hard. I was about to get wiped by the robots for the third time. What robots? I don't remember seeing no robots. You'll see the robots one day. You'll know everyone else's pain. Oh, I got lucky on that fight. That was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I said, we just need to figure out the summons. And speaking of like the summons, how long did it take me to realise where you put the summons in the materia slots? <sighs> I'm stupid. Yeah. But speaking of like the materia and the magic system, I like that they've basically kept it the same, only slight little differences. Like, I kind of wish I knew Magnify was basically the all materia of this game. It took me like seventy percent of the game for like, oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I was watching. I was watching you thinking, when is he going to realise that you could basically cure everyone at the same time? Well, they never really explained that, and because there was all this new materia, like a lot of it, I found was it was useless to be honest. I didn't need any of it. I, I, there was a, quite a lot. That might be more of an issue for OG players like us, because we'll be expecting an all material. If we don't see an all material, we might just assume that there isn't one. Um, but whereas newer players might be like, oh, Magnify, what's that? And then they'll read it, and they'll be like, oh, that's what it is. I'll use it, because that sounds like a really good thing. We're I like, think, where's all material? I think calling it Magnify was the problem. You should have just called it something like AOE material. Yeah. Yeah, they could. If they call it I that, mean, I'd have been, oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, I was using it for uh, aggressive magic at first. And then afterwards, I was like, maybe this could work if I stuck it on pure. I was very happy to find that it did. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured that out eventually. It just took me a while. I have to do it in between recordings no, where I went, I'm sitting down and I'm going to look through all this material and we'll see what it all does. I went, oh, there it is. <laughs> 
I'm mean, materials concerned, though. I agree with you. I think they've not changed the material system itself that much. You can still leak material, and it was perfect in the OG, and it's still perfect now. I absolutely love it. It's the best system. Maybe Final Fantasy Five. I don't know. I'm not sure. Between these two, Final Fantasy Seven and the remake, because they're basically the same, and Five have the two best magic systems for me. Yeah, I do. I, I do love the material system because obviously each material can either give you a boost or a negative effect depending on the situation, and obviously. Some of the material I said I've never used, never needed, but other material I said I found brilliant. Like a lot of the ones that boost my ATB and stuff like that have been perfect for those tough battles when you want to stagger it and then go in there with some powerful attacks. ATB stagger is one of the best. Yeah, I think one I've got of like three best. of them mastered now. Well, it's a shame you can't um, uh, give birth to the material. When you used to master it, it obviously gave birth to another one of those material. I'm kind of sad that they got rid of that element. I, I, I used to like that as well. It would have been nice to have brought back. And something, else I was out, something else I was pointing out with the system is it's absolutely amazing. Small things, right? Small things, Square, thank you. Is uh, You can see the material in their weapons. That's amazing. Yeah, I I, gotta admit, I really like that. The other thing is when the weapon upgrades and, like, say the Buster Sword only shows two material but can now hold, like, six. It's like, come on, yeah, show it all. Show it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I agree. I love that little... That's just that little detail. Was, it was... Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely it's something beautiful. that no other fantasy can have. It's like that is that is a uniquely seven thing. So we'll move off from materia and we'll move on to how the mission and side missions like section. I mean, how did you feel about it being done in chapters? I mean, I quite liked it, but it took me a while to get used to personally. I don't mind the chapter system. I mean, I think they've had that in now in the they had it in fifteen for sure. I think they had it in. 13, but I can't remember because I tried to block that out of my mind. Uh, but no, I don't mind the chapter system because it's, it's fine. It shows a narrative. We've moved to this next section. Um, the problem with it, it's not really a problem, but the side missions were kind of then like, this is the chapter where you can do these side missions. And this is the chapter where you can do these side missions. Uh, I think it's more of a problem because of the Midgar section is the most linear section of the original game. Yeah. So and one of those sectors gets destroyed. So it's kind of hard for them to really make it open enough that you can do any side quest at any time. So I understand why they were, why they did what they did. Um, it's not the most ideal system in an RPG, I think. What do you think? Uh, like I said, for the most part, I enjoyed the chapter select section, especially obviously when you do complete it and you get a chapter select, and it shows you what you can and cannot get in each chapter, like any missing discs and stuff like that. I thought that was a fantastic little thing for completionists like myself. I will be going to 100% the game after all. But, yeah, the side missions, they didn't feel like side missions. They felt like, you know, actual quests because you've got a screen where it shows them all. And it's like, well, they're not really hidden side quests. They're actual quests because you can see them. You know where they are and what you've got to do. I think in the post, I mean, I'm a bit, I, don't, I can't remember if you like Breath of the Wild or not, but in a post Breath of the Wild world, uh, side quests done this way almost seems lazy. And like, this is like the least you could have done. Whereas, you know, you've got games like Breath of the Wild out there, which everything's hidden. Everything feels like it's worth doing. So, yeah, it's quite it's quite different. I didn't mind it. It didn't take away too much from the overall experience. It just felt a little bit... It's something that I think they'll do better in the future game, as long as they open up the map and make it a bit more... It'll be open in general. So I think it will be a lot better in future games, especially if they bring back some of the OG side quests. Yeah, they were a lot of fun, the side quests, but, again, they should have been more, you've got to find them. Just keep everything blank and say, look, you've got six side quests you can do in this chapter. Find them. Yeah. Don't tell you what to yeah, do, just was... find them. 
Yeah, I agree. There were some amazing side quests, though. Uh, I really liked the... I don't know how you felt about it, but the Tonberry side quest. Screw that Tonberry. Side Screw. The side fight. <laughs> I loved it. And on subsequent playthroughs as well, I noticed, because at the time, you fight, you're talking to these guys. So you're going to fight the guys. There's always going to be another bunch of guys that you're going to fight. Great. How exciting. And then you fight it. The second time I played through, I saw Tonberry at the back. He's there. He's just there. Turned. Yeah, he's right behind them, <laughs> looking at me. I was like, oh, he's right there. This evil chestnut-stabbing little bastard is right there. <laughs> I never even noticed that he was there. But I, I walked it the second time, to be fair, on hard mode. Because yeah. I just equipped everyone with, with uh, equipment that stops me from being stopped. And, yeah, just went in on it. Someone died, revive him, carried on going in on it. It wasn't difficult at yeah, all at the end. Yeah, well, speaking of that, uh, let's talk about some of the enemies and bosses. Because, as we've just discussed there with Tori, he can go screw himself. And so can Reno <laughs> and Rufus for just being assholes. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely hard not Rufus. Yeah. Yeah, I found some of the enemies, like, it wasn't always clear on what to do. And when it was, it didn't make sense. And it was even worse when, obviously, you had, like, say, Cloud, Tifa, and Aerith in your team. But you'd have an enemy that's flying above you. It's like, well, sometimes they'll jump up, sometimes they won't. And yeah. especially in hard mode, you're trying to conserve your MP, and you don't yeah. want to uh, obviously waste it all on just a pathetic enemy that's flying because it's out of reach. But it's just so, so irritating. Yeah, I didn't. On hard mode, it is irritating. But a lot of things are irritating on hard mode. Uh, I've seen the train graveyard that happens, and it also happens again on that pillar. I had one of the places, one of the few places I died that wasn't a boss on normal was on the pillar against those stupid helicopter dudes. I don't know what you call them. Heli troopers, I think. Yeah, I think it's a heli troopers. It's like the normal one and an elite one. They killed me. I don't mind fighting flying enemies that you've got to jump up to. And it is awkward and it is difficult. I just don't like it. And I noticed it in your video too. They fly so far away. It's like you want me to chase you down halfway across this area that we're on. That can get irritating. I definitely agree with that. But generally, the enemies. I really, again, it's because that's the combat. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah it's just, uh, well, for one, shrink the area they're in and don't let, don't give them so fast. Because literally, you can go in for a swing and they'll be across the screen before you finish that swing. It's like, come on. Yeah, it does get, it does get frustrating. And they could have fewer of them. Um, it's, yeah, it's just the distance. It's like, if I've got to fight these with melee, melee characters, like, stay close to them. Like, you're already in the air. Is that not enough? Yeah, they got the heli troopers were the key one because as you as you saw in my playthrough, you hear me just going, "I'm I'm sick of chasing you now. If you want to be a coward, run off and I'll go away." And as soon as you turn your back, they zoom in at you from nowhere and attack you. So, and they hit hard. They yeah, hit hard. they hit very hard. Trust me, I notice. And it's even worse. So it's even worse because as we were talking about with the ATB system and that, that those were the worst enemies to fight because if every time you want to get a magic hit, as soon as you start using that magic, bam, they'd be there hit you. You'd lose your MP, you'd lose your ATB, and you'd do nothing. Yeah, that's where I died. When I was fighting them on my own as Cloud, I think it was two of them. Died, so stupid thing. They're really not rude, no problem, fine up there. Tough fight, but no problem. But yeah. two hella troopers. It, it was absolutely ridiculous, as I said. They got, and even, was it Valkyrie as well? Like in my playthrough, I struggled so much to fight that thing. Because my characters wouldn't fly up and hit him. And then, yeah, you were supposed to let him use his beam to attack the other thing that was chasing you but you couldn't stop because they were both moving at you and if you stopped you got attacked and I just had nothing without it. and once I got it locked on 
bloody thing would move off. It's like, well, I've just missed that now. It took me about half an hour just to kill the bastard. <laughs> it's tricky. It's a tricky fight. Um, I didn't have the problems that you had with that. Honestly, that was one of my. That's one of my top five or six boss fights in the entire game. Um, and okay, let's just go because I want to go on to that. Because this is probably my favourite thing in the whole game by an absolute mile is the boss fights. They are epic in the extreme. How you can take Airbuster, which is a nonsense, stupid-looking robot. Like, okay, we we gave you the Scorpion Guard in the first one. In the OG, and that's that's cool. Now we're going to give you this stupid hovercraft thing in the OG, and it's it's a bit of a crap boss fight. You kill it, and it blows up, and then you go down to the church, and interesting things happen. In this game, Airbuster is the best boss by an absolute mile. The staging is amazing. The attacks are cool. You've got the whole build up to him, doing all of the moving all the parts, and you see him there, and it's like, oh, look at this massive thing. Then you find the music is incredible, and then everything's burning. Like, this game does boss fights, like, few games I've ever seen. They are absolutely amazing. I'd fully agree with you on that. I really enjoyed the Airbuster fight. Also, got to grips with it. It was a lot of fun. Even the second time playing on hard mode, like, although I didn't die, he was whooping me in his second phase when he's, like, on the... It's on, like, a 2D kind of screen. But it was still so much fun. But at the same time, some of the bosses just... Oh... Hell House, for example. Everyone knows about Hell House, and we've already spoke about it. That thing can just go literally back to where it came from. That is one boss fight that I don't ever want to do again. It's not, <laughs> not many games think you have a boss fight where I'm like, I'd actually just, I just do not want to do this. This is, this is not fun. Um, although, to be fair, until the robots on hard mode, that fight was much, much easier on hard until the robots than it was on normal. Um, once I knew what to do, and I blame myself for not knowing what to do, um, Same. Yeah, that, that was that was irritating. I need to learn to read. That's what I need to do. <laughs> Look That's at its windows. It's on the original, just like forgetting to use sense on the original, forgetting to use assess in this one. Like after that, I didn't. I remembered every single time. No problem now. Um, yeah. But no other amazing, like other amazing bosses in that game. Uh, Valkyrie is one that I really liked. The ghost, even though it was meaningless to the story, the ghost in the train graveyard. Incredible boss fight again. Yeah. Reno and Rude on narratively brilliant, brilliant way they did that fight. I enjoyed Reno and Rude. And the second time round, I didn't mind Reno. I mean, I absolutely want Reno, but then his electric tax did nothing. I was counter-stanced everything he did, so it didn't take long. <laughs> Very fast fight, once you do those things. Yeah. And Reno and Rude, uh, again, counter-stance did a lot of work for me on that, and most of the time it was just avoiding Rude shooting me until the... Both ended up down on the ground. And then I was waiting with it breaks and finished within seconds. It was quite fun. And it's so cool. It's the cool way that they do the bombing run. Reno runs away and then they come back and he puts his hand on his shoulder. Just yeah, after the helicopter back. crashes and then he just puts his hand on his shoulder and like flicks out another pair of sunglasses. Like, yeah. Rude's all about they've the sunglass made, hype. They've made Rude so cool. He was already <laughs> a bit cool. He was a bit more of a doofus in the original. But now he's like, he's still a bit of a doofus, but he's also cool. He didn't really talk much in the first one, though, did he? Let's think about it. He... Reno was the talker. Here. They play that up. They play that up in this one because sometimes he's like, uh, 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 uh. doesn't know what to say. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed... Well, the Turks were always good in the original as well. They were quite... Apart from Song. Song was just... Yeah, I never really liked Song, but Eleanor, Reno, Rude, all like enjoyable characters for the most part. Song has a really nice moment at the end of his run in the original game, which I assume will be quite emotional in this game as well, when they get to it. 
Let's talk about uh, something else that we had. Well, I had a bit of issues with, and that's controlling the bikes. I'm glad that I can skip them now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I found, like, it took me till the, like, the last time you use it when you're fighting another boss to realise that it's just left and right. I kept trying to hold up, like like in a bike game where you hold forward and back and stuff. And I found the accelerator yeah. just... As people saw, I was holding out too. You could see the little flames coming out of the back of the bike. And I just wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, it does seem, it does seem to not accelerate as much as it's supposed to. I did, I wouldn't say I had a problem with it. it just The accelerator does seem a bit slower than it needs to be. Uh, I agree with that. The only time I had problems with it was with the motor ball, is it called? Something like that. Yeah, the second boss. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, but that's not because of the bike. That's because the angle changes. And now the direction sticks do different things. So you're supposed to go close to it by pressing a different button. It was a bit confusing. Apart from that, it was fine. It was, I thought it was very similar to the uh, the original. I said it, I it, it was fun. It was just I, I I just couldn't get my head gripped around the grips of the controls, and it was just like, Ugh. and obviously the acceleration just not working. The brakes worked. The acceleration didn't. <laughs> Amazingly, all that effort they put into making that, and it won't even be used again. Maybe they'll use it again when we go back to Midgar, but I don't see it. I reckon they'll find some way to add something like that, even if it's just like a little side quest. Like maybe they'll give you like a bike section where you, instead of going through the city, you're going cross country from one place to another. Oh, it'll be, it'll be in the gold saucer, won't it? Actually. Oh yeah, they do have the side it. mission there, don't they? Of course. Forget about that. But I think we've covered about as much as we can on the gameplay aspects from there. So let's move on to yeah. one of our personal favorites, and I know you'll agree with this: the music and the sounds of Final Fantasy. It's probably my favourite video game soundtrack of all time. And the original was already up there. Maybe already was number one. This just made it more number one. And now <laughs> nothing's ever going to So maybe Final Fantasy Remake 2 will be better than this. I don't know. Yeah, the soundtrack was absolutely sublime. I, I, there was only one time where a track just didn't feel right. It wasn't a bad track. It just was in the wrong place. It just didn't sound correct for where it was. And that's when you're going with Aerith and you're... Uh, headed towards six seven, you're in the little underground section, and you get this like weird dancey beat music coming on. I'm like, that doesn't you fit know, with this. I think, yeah, I think this was yesterday or the day before that you did the section, and I remember hearing you say that for the second time. I asked, I, no, it's weird. I, I, I maybe I love this game too much. I don't, I don't, I don't agree. Um, it sounds like a weird, like industrially techno y music, which kind of suited the cranes and the stupid gangster people. I didn't mind, I thought it was really nice. I thought it was really nice for that area as well. I know, I know so, what you mean. I, it's good music. It just for me, it didn't fit the paradigm. You know, it didn't fit where we were, what was going on at the time. It just felt out of place. I'm trying to think of any track I didn't like. There must have been one where I didn't like it or I didn't think it fit. But it's, it's certainly not going to come to mind. I'll tell you the one time. The one, there was one moment where I did think, "Oh, this isn't as good as it should be," and fully changed. That's the Genova fight. In the Genova fight, they tease that main tune all the way through. They've got this weird, like, slow build of it. And you're like, oh, it's nice. I see what they've done with it. And it is cool, but it's not the original. And then when you get to the final phase and it just beats in, like, yeah. oh, my God. It, it literally out. teases you for an entire fight and then, boom, there it is. When you fight Genova Dreamweaver, is it, if I want to say? Oh, like that. Yeah, I think it is Dreamweaver, yeah. Chills, absolute chills at that. That was amazing. But yeah, soundtrack one hundred percent. It's worth it's worth buying it on its own as well. I got the special edition digital, so I've got the digital soundtrack on my PS4, and I found myself just happily 
listen to it. Even when I was recording, there were certain sections where I found myself just like dancing away to the music. You know what does, does it more than anything else? And I found this more now on hard mode because I'm using the fast travel with the chocobos. I love the chocobo music. I'm bopping away to it every time it plays. <laughs> Would be nice to see them moving around a bit more. The chocobos. I hope we get to see that a bit more as well. Well, you're supposed to be able to ride them, aren't you, in the next section of the game. Literally, it's like you go to Calm, then you go to the Chocobo Farm, and you ride it across. And the races should be in the next one as well, so that would be something nice to see. Yeah, I am still wondering how they're going to split this up, but we'll get outside in a bit. Let's move on to characters. Obviously, we know the main guys. We know your Cloud, your Barrett, Aerith, Tifa. And, obviously and they, were all, they were all reimagined really well as well, because I was worried, like, I think Advent Children did not do justice to any of them. Uh, Advent Children was good. It was all right. It was all right. But none of the characters were done justice. This game has these characters, and they are exactly like I envisioned them 23 years ago. And none of them was out of character. None of them was not what I expected. They were all exactly as I expected. Yeah, I have to fully give it with the main characters. Like Barrett is like full-on eco-warrior, wants to save the planet constantly. You know, he's putting that first and foremost on everything else. Obviously, Cloud is like pure soldier, socially awkward completely, can't talk to people very well. Trying to be cool and tough, but you can see it on the inside. He like he really just wants to be normal, but he can't bring himself to be normal. I love as well that Aerith's a lot more sassy. She is so funny. Some of the best moments have come from her, especially outside Don Cornell's mansion. And she just goes, permission to kill. It's like, I, I tickled, that tickled me something rotten that did. He is a great character. The only weird, the one weird moment with Aerith, and that's when Cloud becomes a girl when he gets his dress on. And she's almost like, she's almost hyperventilating. She's so excited at seeing Cloud in a dress. Like, Aerith, calm down. Yeah, you knew this was coming, woman. <laughs> yeah, I like the main characters, but I also love a lot of the side characters that they've added in. And like, um, oh, what's she called? The woman that runs the orphanage, the Leaf Orphanage. And then you find her outside the uh, Honeybee Inn. It's a little story going on there. Yeah, it's like she's living her dream and you find out her dream was to be a dancer and it's like, those, those little touches were, they were really nice. And even adding new characters, and I'm pretty sure there's one that you want to mention, you know, that's maybe carrying Leslie. your namesake. Leslie is the best of the new characters, I'm very happy to say. And I hope we'll be seeing him again. I think we'll see him again in Wutai, to be honest, when we meet the Dawn again. Um, yeah, he was brilliant. His section... In the sewers, with Stilso, great character. Yeah, I did find like those certain sections, like that sewer section, that went on a bit long, but they can give him a pass. Felt they were trying to put padding in to make it last longer, to make it a full game. They didn't need to, but they did. But yeah, I, said, I, I really, really enjoyed the character. And big shout out to Don Carneo and his jiggle physics on the belly. What were they thinking? What were they? <laughs> why, why did we need that? I mean, I'm, but why did we need that? No idea, but it was funny as anything. Also, that's one, one, one thing with Leslie that like I did question. Like, Why did you run right up to the Don with a gun? You could have just shot him from a distance. Gave him the chance. Time. Don't waste time. Bang. Done. End of it. Other great characters was uh, the Angel of the Slums. I forget her name, but it was that old lady. Oh, I yeah. Her. I know you mean. Uh, yeah, I can't remember her name. Is. I keep getting Marl in my head, but she is uh, Tifa's friend from Sector 7. Yeah. Kyrie's grandma. Yeah, it's Kyrie. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 
she's the angel of the slums. That's what she's known as to me. Yeah, that, that's basically what I thought. It's like when I when I first met her at first, I'm like, something about you, love. And then obviously when you see her again, I'm like, you're the angel of the slums, aren't you? You're actually the one. She, she's a great character. Tough old woman running things. Of course, we've got to give a big shout out to Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse. What they did with those characters, they meant so much to me by the end. Like when I saw like Biggs and Jesse, like especially with Jesse, because I'd been teasing like how flirtatious she was throughout the thing, and I was laughing about it. And then when she died, I was like, "No, I don't want to die now. Can we change that bit of the story?" And of course, Weird I... how, yeah, I knew we, we all knew what was going to happen. We played the OG. We all knew it was going to happen. And it was said in the OG, and I get you know, as when I was a kid, I didn't care as much. But in playthroughs as an adult, I did get. A bit, I've always got a bit teary-eyed at that moment. Never actually cried full on. Like in this game, there's so many moments of tears. Like with both of those two, and then Tifa breaking down at Aerith's house, and Barrett breaking down outside of Sector Seven. This game hits you in the feels like oh, no one. Massively so, massively. So. I mean. I loved Wedge so much. Like I said, the guy loves cats and pizza. And I'm like, I'm a big guy. I'm like you, Wedge. You're my man. I love you. <laughs> I related too much to that character. And uh, I said, yeah, that moment with Barrett at the end and Sector Seven's been destroyed and he thinks everyone's dead and he doesn't know obviously that Marlene's gone to Aerith's mums. It's like the pay. He, he, he portrayed that. I mean, I don't know the voice actor's name, and I'm terribly sorry. That I should have wrote notes on that one, but he portrayed that scene such emotion. As people saw when I got to that part, I got choked up and had to stop recording for the day. I didn't go back on for three or four days. I was like, I can't do this. It's a super, super powerful moment. Actually, I just want to give credit in general to Barrett's actor and also to what they did with Barrett in general because I was worried when they went into this. They were going to tone him down because he's not supposed to be so rough and terrorism's got a bit of a connotation these days and stuff like that. And they want to be a stereotypical black guy. But they barely changed him. And I think it just works. It works so well. And let's be honest, I think Barrett and uh, Rude would get along quite well with a constant need for shades. Indeed. Indeed. Although Barrett does make me laugh in Shimmer HQ, because if he follows you around, he knocks all the chairs over, and I couldn't stop laughing at that. Another thing, another thing, I thought this is just completely random, by the way. Um, but Barrett has a gun arm, right? I understand you can go to a weapon shop in any old town and buy a sword, a staff, some gloves. Understand that. Is there, a, is there a mass need for gun arms? Like, I was going to a shop and buy a gun arm because everyone needs a gun arm now and again, right? Well, what is this? Amputees, just, they just I, don't want a, I don't want an arm. I want a gun. They sell them all over the place. What Video is this? Video game logic. <laughs> yeah, the wizard did it. It's yeah. nonsense. Well, speaking of that, like, there's certain points in the game where these other characters are nearby. Why couldn't they have got them to do some work as well? Like, especially like, somebody got like Leslie in the sewers. The guy actually has a gun. Shoot some guys. Yeah, he could definitely be involved. But I guess that's more of a we'd have to program this guy to take part in battles and we don't want to do that. I mean, Wedge helps. Wedge helps a lot throwing those mines down, especially on hard mode. My <laughs> God. For sure. Yeah, he does his bit. He does his bit. <laughs> that Leslie moment. That Leslie moment. I know that like his intention is for you to chase the stupid creature to get his pendant back. Um, but the given reason is, I need a key to open this door, and there's no other way we can get through this door without a key. Yeah, not only we've got fact, a guy with a gun for an arm just next to us, who has a hand cannon, quite literally. 
Yeah, like we don't need to do this for your key, Leslie. Like we can, well, obviously for Leslie, it's a different reason, but we don't care about him at that time. Oh. But at the same time, like I said, it gave the character development afterwards. You saw the pendant and he gave you the story after. And like I said, it, it, it is actually a really little beautiful thing. And I hope we do see him. There are several characters that do like show up around the points, but obviously clearly don't die. That they, they could easily bring back for a sequel. Yeah, I think Rosh, 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 I can't really say his name. Yeah. Definitely appear. Definitely appear again, I think. I think well, we'll get to the end part when we talk about what happened at the end of the game shortly. But I'm not sure. I think it's going to happen there. Um, but just one more thing I want to mention, and I'm not going to say much bad about this game because I'm almost entirely positive about it, but Leslie's section was a bit dragged out, and it's just the timing of it. You know, we want to go up to Shimmer HQ. I don't want to be running around the sewers after your stupid key. Um, but it was it was a nice moment. I do agree with that. And it was not by far the most boring part of the game. It was pretty good story content. And getting to see absolutely and all that. The, the chapter 17 after, in Hojo's lab, Oh. This was this was an hour of pulling levers, switching parties, and there's a helicopter waiting for us. Sephiroth's about to go and take Genova. Do we need to be doing this right now? Like you could have had this in the game, maybe something like maybe incorporate it into the underground lab section, which was another totally unnecessary side thing that we did. Incorporate them together and make this more exciting than this. Because they should have been the side quests. You know, you've added something extra. Maybe go over here and try and work it out. It'll change the ending of the game. Something like that. But just throwing them in for the sake of throwing them in. And like I said, some of them really, really outstayed their welcome at being too long. I fully get that. And it's like, you know, we've just, we've just seen this message from Wedge saying that we're like, we're going, we're going to escape now. Come back to the roof and we can take a helicopter. Okay, okay, let's go. We're going to go through the lab and get there. Okay, Sephiroth's just destroyed a bridge. We've got an hour down here now. Helicopter's just going to wait. And then after it, you go to fight Genova and all the really cool stuff. But it's like, you've just killed the momentum of it. Like, it comes back quickly because I love the game so much and the story's amazing, but you've just spent an hour of basically nothing after getting me really excited. What is this square? What is this pacing? This is nonsense. Yeah, it, it was a bit silly making it all the way along. The, the worst part for me when it came to those sections was like, you could spend, like I said, an hour doing Holder's Lab, and then you've got a boss fight at the end of it, which can take upwards from half an hour, maybe more in some cases, if you're not sure. Like, Hell House took me like 45 minutes to beat the bugger. It's like, there's certain points where it's like, don't get me wrong, I, I, I like the big, epic boss fights, but make them last that long. I don't have much time, in it, especially when I return to work after this whole situation has blown over and I have to go back to work. I'm not going to have time to sit there constantly. And I have to do like one hour of dungeon or one hour of battle. It's like, it's, it's just too long. Just reduce the health a little bit so I can beat it in a reasonable time. Well, that's the thing, because you do that whole Hojo section and the boss, and then you fight Genova and Rufus and another boss. Like, if you just cut that section and that boss, it'd just be Genova, Rufus, and the robot. That's fine. Yeah. That's enough. It, it would have been fine as just that. And again, I racked up, it must have been, I think I have 30 or 40 hours, but I think it's 40 hours by the end of the game. And a lot of that was needlessly filler so you could easily drop a few things if you needed to but going on from yeah, that so, sorry carry on, yeah. no, carry on. in terms of because uh, there was there was definitely filler there was a section before the sex five reactor where you were just turning lights on no sorry turning lights off unnecessary i don't care about it this is stupid the underground lab it was cool again they could have incorporated this with hojo's lab and made it much much better both of them um the, the underground lab was a bit it was cool because Barry's shooting stuff was really cool, but it was unnecessary. 
and then uh, the Leslie thing went on a bit long, and then that section, that chapter 17 bit. Those four sections. I wouldn't cut anything else. Maybe shorten the ghost section a little bit, only a little bit. Yeah, like I said, they don't need to cut a lot off. They just need to, I mean, keep them in, just shorten them. They don't need to be that long. Especially with, like you said, the train graveyard. When you go up through the graveyard, you fight the ghost, you go outside, and there's another boss battle right away. It's like, come on, I man. Really, really, a really, like, tone-breaking boss fight. Yeah. This Hades chariot type thing. Why? Why is there a Hades in a chariot in an industrial city? What is this? The I ghost know. made sense. This doesn't make sense. Yeah, they could have... Like I said, there's a few moments like that where it's like, come on now, you don't need to throw another boss in right this second. I know you want to throw in the nostalgia enemies and make like they did with Hell House, you just threw that in as a nostalgia enemy. Same with this one. It was a rare find as a fight in the train graveyard, but now it's a boss for some reason. Like, okay, sure, whatever. But going on from that, obviously, like I said, they've changed a fair few things. So let's talk about the actual, without talking about the finale, we'll come up to a section of that where we'll warn people about spoilers, but we'll go for the story. So we'll go for a few, the first like few chapters, like, obviously... Start off chapter one, it's basically a make-for-make make of the first reactor. Nothing changes. Really and as Overall, though, the story story was really good. Uh, I didn't... Obviously, we'll talk about more when we get there, but the whispers, the like generic fantasy black cloak things that fly and keep interrupting for whatever reason, yeah. I found them a bit too much and too annoying at times. Yeah, I, I could have done without them. They could have taken it out and I would have liked it. Probably a little bit more, actually. Um, but they are, they are. I just, whatever. Do what you want to do. Let's see how it goes. As long as all the OG stuff is there, I can pretend that's not happening. If it gets really bad. And if it gets really good, fantastic. That's wonderful. But we'll see how it goes. I, I won't pretend I want to it without them, because I would. Yeah, I also think they introduced Sephiroth way too early. Like, chapter two, and boom, you're getting hints of him already. It's like... Like Sephiroth, you did you heard of in Midgar in the original, but you didn't actually know about until Calm, which would be like the next place we're going to go to in the game. Now, yeah, I understand they're making it bigger. You want to tell more of a story, but they told too much of Sephiroth too soon. Now, what do you think of that? It's one of those. It's again, it's one of those weird things where, on the one side, yeah, I agree. Like it's too too much too soon. I really love the original story. Um, I don't mind where they expanded on the original story. I thought that was all great. Um, I, in a purest sense, I would have rather they didn't involve the Sephiroth stuff at all, have the ending as it was in the original, and that would be amazing. But at the same time, I understand from the developer's point of view, Rufus or Motorball, even worse, would not be a satisfactory boss fight. So they wanted Sephiroth, but then they needed to justify having Sephiroth as a boss, so they wanted to include him all over the place. Um, I understand why they did it from this game's point of view, but I'd rather they hadn't done it. Yeah, same. They, they didn't need to have but on the flip side of that, I really enjoyed Jesse's little story. I think it was chapter six, I want to say. It was chapter five, where you go up to the top of the plate, you meet her parents, and you get a bit of her backstory. The chapter four? Yeah, that's a really good moment. A really good part of the game. Yeah, I think I called the episode that I did that, This Is Not Okay, because you basically go into her comatose dad's bedroom to steal a key card to get inside. I was like, I ain't okay with this. <laughs> Did you read the letter that in there? The letter from the, the gold saucer? Yes, the first yeah. time I did. Oh, second time, it's not fun. It's really weird how you see those four cats walking down the, the wall. Well, this game had a weird obsession with cats. It's nice, I love cats too. But it's like, why? Why? <laughs> I, I, 
Oh, I honestly didn't get the obsession with the cats. They were blooming everywhere, but my God, if they weren't cute. They were, they were super cute, super well animated. Like even the side quest right. where you've got to go and rescue the cats for the little girl, it's like, really? We're rescuing cats now? <laughs> it's a weird thing. that I saw a meme the other day, which was like, uh, all RPG RPGs, start off, rescue the cats, end of the game, kill God. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> any Final Fantasy game, that, not any Final Fantasy, any JRPG, that's what you do. Rescue yeah, cats, kill God. <laughs> Everything starts somewhere. Yeah, you go from being an amnesia that rescues cats to uh, knowing who you are and killing God itself. Whatever this form game it takes. Literally... Yeah, yeah. We, we kill Destiny at the end of Final Fantasy VII. Why? Why? I don't know. I, like I said, there's a, like, a lot of stuff there that was really good. Like I said, uh, the Underground Lab, they didn't need to add that. And because they did, they should have made it a bit shorter. Yeah. And they said, even the story tweaks with Hojo and the laboratory and that, they could have cut that right down. Well, uh, on the whole, I liked the twist of the story where Shimura basically setting Avalanche up to look like the enemy so they can go back to war with Wutai. That was a whole good thing. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it, but I still would have rather they hadn't done it. Um, like, they, uh, I, I watched a video on this. In the in Reactor 1, they put the bomb on and they expect that that bomb is going to just blow up and it'll just blow up that small reactor. That's their expectation, right? Um, so why would they need to set a timer? Like, does it matter? We could just, we could just blow up two seconds after we leave. It's not going to destroy anything anyway. Yeah, like, they got a fair point on that. That was just something that I saw in a video, but like, I, I liked the I liked the Shades of Grey, the original, where Avalanche really did cause all that damage and really did probably kill quite a lot of innocent people trying to... But now it's like, no, Avalanche are really good people. Um, definitely, definitely didn't do anything suspect. It's not a major, it's not a major deal breaker. Fine. Um, I, I, I personally, yeah. liked it. I, I liked it. I thought it was a good twist, and it changed the dynamic, showing Shimra for who they are, because they want to push their thing of getting Neil Midgar made when they find the Promised Land. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely fits Shimra's agenda. No question. I just like the the shades of grey of the original. Well, at the same time, obviously, it still fits that paradigm of like Jesse battling with her own conscience, thinking, "Did she do the right thing?" Yeah, yeah, it definitely didn't affect because they, yeah, they think they did it. That's it. I, I, I personally like the tweaks. That like I said, it's only small change, but it's a little change that I kind of appreciated. Yeah, yeah. And again, like I said, there's a lot of little changes that were good and weren't good. Like I said. The length of some bits was bad. I loved what they did with the dress system and all that, where you have to get the dress and you've got to go through, like, Don Cornell's, like, assistance as well, and there's that whole, oh, that dance sequence was something else, but... And oh, massage. The no, hand I... massage, oh, my God. Just cloud coming out afterwards, like, huh? Huh? It looks like Booker T from the old wrestling days, you know, five time. Just there staring at his hand, like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Those sounds you were making on the bed. Like, yeah, we're going to talk like, about down to the base. We're going to start with the tips. Come on. Like, stop. Please many, stop. Kids will play. play how many innuendos are you? You, you want to go down that road, though. Let's talk about the Materia Seller and if you find that side quest, which in my videos I didn't do, but I have done on hard mode, where he yeah. wants to give his orbs a spit shine. Yeah, there's a lot in that. There's a lot in that whole section. Yeah, you didn't need to read between the lines. He was making it a little bit too obvious. The uh, the whole chapter nine, 
was just magical. It's probably like that was probably when the game went from being something that I really, really loved to me realizing this is something special. Like they are going all the way with this. I don't worry about any of the future games now, at least with the OG stuff that they do. All the OG stuff's going to be amazing. Okay, they might put some stupid Black Girl videos in there, but the OG stuff's going to be amazing. I've got total faith. Red 13 in a sailor suit. Maybe they won't go that far. <laughs> I forgot now, about that. <laughs> <laughs> but now, I don't know. Maybe they will. Barrett looking like a bear in pajamas is what Tifa says, I think. So, yeah, that, we're going to get all that, maybe. Yeah, they say something about those those suits, you should keep them as pajamas or something. And there's like that little cut scene in Costa del Sol ways. If he isn't in your party, you'll see him actually wearing them. Yeah, I've got, I've got no faith. I've, I've got absolute faith that they'll they'll keep some of these ridiculous stuff now because of uh, chapter nine. I hope so. Although the squats and the pull-ups probably could have done without having to do that three times, especially on the hardest difficulty. Like, mm, nope, didn't like that. <laughs> it was a, it was a. I don't mind them being super hard. Like some people will just say, "I'm not doing it." Uh, I did. Well, I didn't do it. Actually, I got fans to do it. The pull-ups one, the last pull-ups one. <laughs> I could probably have done it, but I was like, oh, you're good at this kind of thing. Uh, no, that was... Uh, that's, it's fine. It's fine. Some stuff's going to be too bad. Yeah. Yeah, you took the cop-out option. I've been doing it all myself, so screw you. Is <laughs> <laughs> that one thing? Uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, I've done it now, though. I've got the trophy. I don't need to do it again. I'm happy enough with that. <laughs> But yeah, we'll uh, swiftly move on. So for the next section, we are going to be talking about the ending of the game. So anyone who doesn't want the actual ending of it spoiled, I'll have a thing down below with a time skip to the end of the video where we'll be giving our final thoughts and everything. So you've been warned, massive spoiler warning, we're talking about the ending, okay? So that ending though, Jesus Christ. <laughs> fight yeah. Sephiroth, fight fate. Yeah, it was, a very, it was unexpected. Very unexpected. The Sephiroth fight I expected. Didn't expect to be fighting a giant fate monster. (laughs) And that whole thing with the fates, like the whispers flying around your HQ, generally looking like something out of Harry Potter. It's like, what the hell is going on? This has just gone from. This is literally the epitome of JRPGs going, eh, there's God. Instead of God, though, it's fate. We're actually fighting fate. Well, this did it, and this did it in a really. Like, normally, the game, an RPG takes 20 to 80 hours to get to that point. This game was like, we're going to give you about 30 to 35 hours of, there's going to be these ghosty things, but it's generally going to be quite normal, and then we're just going to jump off the bridge, and then that's it now. Okay, here we are. Here we are in Weirdo World. Yeah, just, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll slice a hole through it, we'll walk through, and yeah, all hell's broken loose. Yeah, it was really good. Very Advent Children, that last section. It was. I don't get me wrong. It was. It was fun. Bloody difficult. Extremely, extremely fun. But yeah, I really enjoyed. It. I said I liked, um, especially obviously once the like you got to the final cutscenes and you saw that like Biggs was still alive, giving you hope for that maybe like Wedge and Jesse may still be alive. Like obviously we saw Wedge and Shimmer HQ. All the whispers try and push him out. We don't really. The old trope: if you don't see him die, they're not dead. So yeah, we now I hope- did. I did. I did read that apparently on the bench next to the desk next to Diggs, that glove, there's like a pink glove and it's meant it may be Jesse's glove. I don't know though. If Jesse was alive, surely they would have just shown Jesse. Like they showed Diggs. Like surely they could just show Jesse then. Well, if they've kept them all alive, then I'd be interested to see what they're planning to do with them for the story's sake. 
And the, the whole thing with Zack as well, like, you see him sort of walking back and obviously he's supposed to die by the Shimmer Soldiers, but he didn't this time. He helps Cloud and starts walking to Midgar. The implication there is that that's definitely an alternate... Well, it's not definitely, but the implication is that's an alternate universe because they pass each other, but they don't pass each other. And then you see the dog, but it's not quite the same dog. So maybe he's in a different universe. I do have a theory that maybe they'll have some stuff going on with him, with some of the people in Midgar, like maybe Biggs, maybe Rush, maybe Kyrie, maybe Leslie. Maybe. It's all speculation. But like, they showed him alive. So he's got to do something now. That's it. Are they trying to show that because we've now beaten fate with the help of Sephiroth as well, who's also trying to change everything? Does that mean that obviously the worlds are now falling apart and collapsing and coming into each other? Or there's just so many questions. There really is a lot of questions from that. You open the door to those kinds of things happening. And the, my uh, see, the, the problem with the problem is I don't like people not dying. Right? I don't want people to die. Like it's very sad. Zach died. and It was meaningful. It read basically with Final Fantasy VII. Like if that didn't happen, Final Fantasy VII doesn't happen. Diggs, Jesse, and Wedge all surviving would devalue what happened at Sector 7. Like, yeah, it's still emotional in the moment, but afterwards now it's like, well, if none of them died, it's not actually that sad. It's sad that Sector 7 was destroyed. If none of them died, then what? Nothing to cry about. Yeah, as I, I'm curious, but we'll obviously we'll step onto this a little bit more with what we think for the future of it all. But, yeah, as I, it just raised so many questions. Uh, like Obviously, like throughout the, the game, they were like, giving glimpses of what happens in the original, like, seeing Aerith die, or they show, like, a glimpse of, like, Red 13 running, which is, like, the post credit scene in the original game. And, like, is any of that going to happen now? Is Aerith going to die? Is she going to live? Is someone else going to die? What's the plan now? Is the new character we can play as? Uh, I, I watched a video that gave a theory that Aerith actually, well, I mean, on the second playthrough, it was clear as day. Aerith knows exactly what has happened. She knows the future. She absolutely knows. There's certain moments. There's one moment, actually. I got, I got shivers the second time I watched it. First time, I didn't notice, because the first time, you're just going through blindly, just enjoying it. Second time, I noticed. You know in uh, Sector 5, you save those kids in that little kid area, and yeah. then that guy, I can't remember his name, but the guy with the robes comes through like a zombie and falls over. Briefly, Cloud does a vision of Sephiroth. And Cloud asks uh, Air if he's like a... Uh, Oh, have you ever heard of Sephiroth? And she's like, oh, he's the guy who died a few years ago, something like that. And Cloud says, uh, I think he might still be alive. And Aerith, it just zooms in on just her lips. And she just says, oh, right. It's like she knows. <laughs> she knows who he is. She knows what's happened. When she knows um, she knows that Tifa needs her to go and save Marlene without having any reason to know about that. I mean, they'd seen her in the ghost vision, but she mentions Barrett. There's no reason to know any of this stuff. I think she knows exactly what's happened. Sephiroth obviously knows exactly what has happened, and he's trying to change it because he doesn't like the ending. And I think you've got these two forces now. And the video that I watched mentions that maybe these two, they're both in the live stream, and that gives you control over Not control, but that gives you influence and power across time and dimensions. And maybe they're like these two opposing forces now trying to change things. Maybe Aerith wants to keep it the way it was because she knows that that led to Sephiroth losing. And Sephiroth wants to change it so that it doesn't lose. It's a very interesting theory that I watched. I'd like to see how it plays out. I'd have to look into that myself. That sounds interesting. Because the only thing I've read up on was someone theorizes that Aerith was actually a whisper herself, but she'd somehow gain like a human form and sentience just so she can actually alter it. I have to look up into that one. Yeah. That's it. On the whole, 
it has. You definitely it, it's left me excited. I'm excited for the future. I really am. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing. Cause I remember at first I was kind of like, I don't want Zach to be alive. I'm kind of not happy that this is not ending the way it's supposed to end. But then a bit later, I was like, oh, is it exciting though? Because now it's not just predictable. But I still want, and this is like going into hopes for the future, I don't mind them adding stuff. And they can have a side story going on as long as it's not going to make the thing take 10 years to create overall. Um, they can have their little side story, whatever they want with Zach and other characters that are in Midgar that we met. Have all that, but please make sure we stay with all the... I want to see Dine. I want them to be on the ship and fight Genova on the ship. I want to go to the Gold Saucer. I want to go to Cosmo Canyon. I want Aerith to die. She has to die. That's the whole point. Uh, yeah, all this stuff still has to happen. And other stuff, if you want to throw in other stuff as well, kind of like they did with this one, okay, fine. Go ahead. That'll make it interesting. But keep the original stuff. So, yeah, so obviously, looking for the future there, obviously. Well, it's done with now. Well, uh, I'm definitely hoping to keep to the original from now on. I, uh, I'm wondering what they're going to do about the open world section of it. Because obviously from here, we go to Calm, we go to the Chocobo Farm, we catch Chocobos. I'm really excited to see what the uh, Midgar's all up looks like. And that whole scene with it obviously spiked up and like, did Sephiroth do this? Uh, seriously, couldn't. That is going to be great. We're obviously going through the caves, you get introduced to Eleanor... And even like the uh, battle system in Fort Condor, that's going to be something. Are they going to keep that in? Is it going to get removed? There's a whole lot of stuff happening soon. Yeah, I think some of the mini games, because there's so many in the original, some of them are going to go, I think. I don't know what they'll do. They kept the bike. They kept the bike. But more the bike than was easy to keep in. It is. It is. Fort Condor's really not. I mean, that was like, it looks bad in 1997. It plays amazingly. It looks bad. I don't know how they could. Uh, I don't know how they could incorporate it. I'd rather have it as like a, like it's like a dungeon sort of section where instead of having a tower defense, you're gonna climb up the mountain, take out the Shimmer enemies to get to the top and save the Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather yeah. that. I'd rather that. that. That's just my opinion on it. Most people might want to keep playing it. I I really didn't want to keep playing it. So I did it the once. That was it. Done. <laughs> No, that's true. Yeah, it could, it could get tedious. I because you can play it before you go to Junon if you've got enough money. Um, but I never did. I was just played it at one time. Yeah, same. Just the once. Then I was happy enough for that. I'm also curious, like, what they're going to do with all the vehicles and stuff. And, and how many parts is this going to get game going to be as well? Even they don't know. Even they don't know. Kind of weird. Like, should have an idea now. I'm still thinking they're going to re-release this version of the remake on PS5, so you'll have a save file there to transfer over to the rest of them. See, I don't think they're going to do that. I really don't think they're going to keep the save files. I think they're going to just start you from scratch each time. I'm more thinking story choices. You know, like certain things you've chosen for like which one you favoured throughout the game. I think that sort of yeah. stuff will transfer over. With obviously, the leveling, summons, materia, weapons, will do something where it's like you don't have them anymore. Yeah, I just, I just think like I mean they have to reset every single game. There's four games, four times they have to think of a reason to not let you have all your stuff again. <laughs> like, what is this? Like Metro, I don't know if you ever played the Metroid series. Basically, every game starts off there's some stupid reason why she just lost everything. Oh, you were hit by this blast and everything's shattered and you haven't got any armor anymore. But just by coincidence, you'll find the exact same things littered around this world. 
And it's fine. It's Nintendo being Nintendo. Yeah, they're good at that kind of thing. But uh, on the same side, Rare were very good with the Banjo games, like the Banjo-Kazooie games. Because with Banjo 2, they went, yeah, you've, you've still got all the skills. You haven't forgotten them. You've still got them. You're going to learn some new ones now. Because the old ones ain't going to help you that much this time around. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I've, my my personal feeling, feeling is everything's from scratch. Just because I, I'd assume so. Only play, yeah, some people won't play the, the this one for some reason. If you haven't played it, please play it. Like for God's sake, it's so good. Um, but if you uh, if they haven't and they play the second one, or they played the original, or they watched a friend play the original, and then they buy the second one, they got to start from scratch. So it's even Nintendo. If Square wanted to make it so that you could just carry your file through, they'd have to they'd have to balance the game for new players and returning players, and I just don't see them making the effort along yeah. with everything else. It's Square, you never know. Yeah, they could do. I think they have done stuff. Like, I, was, I was talking to someone else about this, and they mentioned another game that they made where you do do this. Um, can't name the game. It's something. So the only other sort of game I know they've done was, is it Life is Strange is one of theirs? No, it's not that. I don't know if that's them. I can't remember. I think it might be, but I'm not 100% sure. I've only really played the first one and the the, the, the 1.5, which is a prequel to it, basically. They're the only ones I've played. I haven't played two yet. They've been out for a while now, so I've not really remembered much. But yeah, they they were fun games. It might have been that. I don't know. Doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, I think that's pretty much every aspect of Final Fantasy VII Remake we can cover. <laughs> so I suppose anything else you can think of you want to add? No, I mean for me, I mean this probably surprised you actually. I don't know. But for me, it's my favourite Final Fantasy game as of right now. Um, it could be, now this could be affected. Final Fantasy VII was already my favourite Final Fantasy game. Um, if this one retains this quality level until the end of its run, this will be my favourite series of games ever made, individually of the rest of the series. Um, but no, I, I enjoy this game now, at this moment in time, more than the OG. I went back to the OG, and it's still nice in a nostalgic sense, but it's not what it was. This, this is my favourite RPG that I've ever played. Well, RPG that I've ever played. I'll incline to agree that it's definitely one of the best. I still prefer the original, personally. I mean, I, I played it to full completion like not long before this came out. I mean, obviously, 100% in that and Final Fantasy VIII. Not doing nine because fuck doing 1,000 skipping rope jumps. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited to see where they're going to go, what they're going to do. Hopefully, they don't change the story too much because, obviously, a lot of the story was through consequence of what happens throughout the game. Don't be too long with the next part. Like maybe every couple of years, hopefully. And most, most of wise again, kill momentum. Yeah, because you, you've got to build on this. A lot of people were excited and hyped playing this. They've loved it, and they're excited for more. So if everyone that's bought this version is going to go out and buy the next one because they all loved it, that means you've got a money train coming in every two years. Just keep keep at it. That's all I can recommend. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. With that, guys, I'm going to thank you very much for watching this. You can download this as an audio podcast. The link will be down below. And stay tuned for my next series, whichever game that may be, because I'm still not deciding myself at the time of recording. Thank you very much for joining me, Les. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. And you stay happy and safe, people.